Welcome to episode two of I Only Like Their Old Stuff. Uh, I'm J-Ho, and this is Groove. hey This uh, episode is called Prom Boots and Photo Shoots, and uh, we're going to kick it off now, so get us started, Groove. Well, I'd like to uh, go ahead, and, and this is something that we're going to hopefully be able to do in the future. Uh, it's called a, a, our number one fan, and each week, hopefully, we're going to be doing this uh, this this podcast every Monday because nobody likes Mondays and everybody needs something to look forward to on a Monday and um, and so we're going to record this podcast uh, on Monday mornings and hopefully have it up by Monday afternoon so that you know you know at least uh, either during work or when you get home from work or Tuesday morning you're going to be able to listen to uh, I only like their old stuff uh, on podcasts and it may it may brighten up the beginning of your week I mean it's generally accepted Mondays suck right. Wow. So, what? You're giving us a lot of credit there. <laughs> well, <laughs> we're going to brighten up. So, this may be the, look, the brightest point of your week. <laughs> <laughs> and so, that's, that's sad. That's that that sad, but you don't have to admit it to anybody else. So, anyways, we, you know, after we recorded last week, there was, we did have some technical difficulties. My microphone was messed up, and so my volume was different than Jones's or Jho's. And the, uh, so we think we got that fixed this week. We fixed the clacking, so apologies for that. And we do have our website up now. It's IonlyLikeTheirOldStuff.com. We have a Twitter account account for this particular podcast. It's twitter.com backslash I-O-L-T-O-S. <laughs> it's the initials for I only like their old stuff. So you can you can follow us on Twitter via that. We're going to try to post some links to some stuff that we talked about on the Twitter. And um, <clears throat> and so I know for myself, I emailed this out. And, and, and besides on the website, you can actually click on the link on the website now. You don't have to go to some strange tiny URL address. Um, but anyways, I emailed this out to a lot of people, and, and, and we got some response, and, and um, <clears throat> we're going to develop this thing called number one fan, um, because we did have an overwhelming number one fan uh, th- this past week who, who listened to the podcast a couple different times and really enjoyed it and tried to tell um, her friends about it, and, and, and number one fan this week is uh, Barrett Fisher. She really wanted to be mentioned on the podcast. What's so up, B Fish? B Fisher, <laughs> number one fan this week. This uh, this podcast, uh, Prom Boots and Photo Shoots, is, is dedicated to you, um, and, and this was our obligatory mentioning of your name. So you're welcome. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the feedback. And yeah, thanks for the feedback. And number one fan, once again, feedback can come through the email address. <coughs> I only like their old stuff at gmail.com. Shoot us an email. Tell us what you want to hear, what you didn't like hearing. Most of the feedback of <clears throat> people like the, uh, the the front half of of the podcast and then lost interest when it came to uh, comic books and video games. And <coughs> I did recognize that even though – we did enjoy talking about it. The the conversation may have dragged on a little bit, so we're gonna try to keep. So this it. week we're gonna put the shitty stuff up front. You, <laughs> right, have to wait, yeah. you have to wait through the bad part of the podcast to get to the good stuff. So. Yeah, all all we're gonna talk about this week is is Street Fighter Four for about an hour and a half, <laughs> trying to get. So who's your favorite you know. character in Street Fighter Four? <laughs> Sagat, obviously. Yeah. So, anyways, um. We figured we'd start out um, 
talking about coffee in general because uh, Joey and I have uh, really uh, begun dialoguing about coffee ourselves. Um, it, we we like to we like to talk to each other about the coffee that we're drinking and why we're drinking coffee and the natural progression of coffee and yeah. and and it will obviously lead up to another another um, <clears throat> type of person that um, that I don't think anybody likes. So. <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah, so I'm, I'm sitting here this morning. I'm sipping on private stock. My uh, <laughs> my uh, really rare coffee here. It's a it's. A type called a uh, Maxwell House. You may have heard of it. Ooh. Yeah, fancy, fancy coffee. Fancy yeah, it comes in a big plastic tub. I think it used to come in a can, which is you know coffee can sort of thing. But uh, right now it comes in a big plastic tub. And uh, I don't know much about coffee because I've only been drinking it about a year. Um, and before that, only infrequently would I drink really sweet coffee that could hardly be considered coffee. Yeah. So I'm I'm really kind of just now at 31 starting my coffee journey. Right. Um, yeah, I can remember as a kid, you know, sipping on my parents' syrup and saying, "Hey, that doesn't taste good." And they're like, "You just wait. Once you once you grow up, you're gonna like it more." You know, I'm thinking, no way am I ever gonna like coffee. And then I obviously I started drinking it for the purpose to keep me awake and keep me focused when I'm having to do various tasks. Right. You know? See, and, um, but, <clears throat> see, yeah, I, I heard that too. But I grew up. And still didn't drink coffee. Right. You know, most people start out with thinking they're in college years or right after the college years. Um, I, I didn't do that. And so, I don't know. Um, started about a year ago. I was on a long trip, and my buddy that was with me was like, I'm going to make coffee every day. And so I started drinking it with him. And uh, we were camping out for like a month and started drinking coffee and still had to put a lot of cream and sugar in it, And uh, but developed a taste for it. Um, caffeine doesn't really affect me, so it's not really a waking up sort of thing. It does help a little bit, but I just sort of like it, the experience of it. Well, you can have when you when you start to talk about coffee, you do have the people that wear their their coffee drinking habits as like a badge of of honor. You know, there's there's the folks that only drink black coffee, and if you put any kind of additive in your coffee, whether it be cream, sugar, sweet and low, the blue stuff, or the yellow stuff. Then you know you're lesser. Right. They look down are. their nose at you. Yeah. As if drinking something that is you know supremely bitter and, and delicious uh, it, it means that they have a sophisticated palate and therefore you know better than. Right. Um, and, and even even though I do I myself I drink my coffee black now. Oh, look at you. Um, I, <laughs> look at you. I, I I do drink it black, and I also usually you know. We, when, when available, I add espresso to it, so I get either, you know, you, there's a lot of different names for it, red eye, black eye, um, shot in the dark, shark bite, I've heard it said before, and, and really, the, the problem is when you go to like a, you know, a Starbucks, really, uh, the people that work there, they, they got to prove themselves a little bit more, because they're not, you know, like a, an indie, you know, coffee house. They are, a, a, you know, they're working at the corporate coffee house. And, and so if you go in there and you're like, oh, can I get a, a black coffee with a shot of espresso in it? They, they correct you. They say, oh, you mean a red eye? I'm like, no. No, I just want a black coffee with a shot of espresso in it, please. Oh, well, yeah, well, we call it a red eye. I don't give a fuck what you call it. What I call it is good enough for you to make it for me, please. Right. You know? And uh, and so one guy had a one time I had a guy say, "Well, it's a, it's called a shark bite." Yeah, <laughs> which he made that up. I'm convinced. 
You probably that moment. Oh, it's a jack in the box. That's what we call. Oh, <laughs> uh, we call it uh, 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 shoes with no socks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess. So in, yeah. Go ahead. But there's not just there's not just the people that drink their coffee black. There's also people that you know the name brand coffee drinkers that that or they'll only drink like fair trade coffee, or you know organic coffee, or some other bullshit like that. And I'm thinking, well. Why, why, you know, are you really making a difference? Do you really think you're making a difference? Or are you just trying to make me feel like I'm not making a difference and therefore you are? And therefore, not only are you only drinking your coffee black, but you're only drinking organic fair trade coffee that you got from some fucking random ass $10 per pound coffee bag, you know? Yeah, and, you don't uh, know where that there. coffee really came from. <laughs> no, you don't. Yeah, you no, no idea. idea. That's Maxwell House. They just put that in, the, in a bag. <laughs> Those yeah. Folgers. <laughs> yeah, but to to touch on the point, there is this coffee progression, and we had this discussion on the phone the other day. There's, like, this coffee progression. Like, as a kid, when I would try my parents' black coffee, my dad drank black coffee, that tasted like what I would imagine battery acid would taste like. Right. Just the worst. I could never imagine enjoying that taste. And, you know, when I first started drinking coffee, I put all the sugar in it, put all the cream in it. And then I got in situations over the past year that I've been drinking coffee where maybe there wasn't creamer or I didn't have as much sugar or whatever. And uh, as time has gone along, when I've had to drink black coffee, I could tolerate it, didn't necessarily want it. But then the other day, I decided to just skip the cream and sugar altogether, and I really enjoyed the black coffee. So I feel like I have graduated to the next level. Which is the problem. Because you drink what you enjoy. You want it, to, it, it needs to taste good. And if it doesn't taste good, then why the fuck drink it? Right. Unless it is to prove yourself to that fucking guy who drinks it black, who makes you feel like you're less than for drinking it with cream and sugar in it. Like, I like, I, I, every now and again, I like a little bit of cream in it. If I'm going to have some of that, you know, tasty French vanilla cream uh, in, in, in some coffee, then, then I'm going to drink it. I'm going to enjoy it. I got a buddy of mine, Rich, who actually, he, he, he brought over... I don't have any coffee in my house at the moment. He was coming over to hang out on Sunday afternoon. He brought his tub of coffee over here, and I'm looking at it right now. He forgot it, so I'm only imagining the type oh. of pain that he's going through this morning, Monday morning, realizing that he doesn't have his coffee in his house. Sucks to be And him. he brought over cream, too. And he goes – he, like, straight up goes half and half. He's drinking the creamer. So that's excessive. The creamer costs, man. That's expensive stuff. That's why I started cutting back on it. Expensive. <laughs> in this economy, please. <laughs> Speaking of this economy, yeah, and and the situation, you know, you'd think that. Um, well, I got a call from 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 Jeho the other day, and um, and and I actually asked him to stop telling me the story because I wanted to kind of hear the story for the first time as we were recording this <laughs> podcast um, about about a bum that you ran into. <laughs> oh yeah. So my birthday was last week, and uh, my parents mm -hmm. came into town. And they, my mom has never been out here where I live now in Wilmington. Um, and so it was cool to have my parents here. We went out to dinner, and uh, they were staying at a hotel. And so I dropped them off at the hotel, and I go and I get in my car, and this guy drives up in a minivan next to me. And he, like, rolled. What kind of minivan? Uh, it's a fairly new minivan, like a something like a Quest or something, you know, like a kind of nice minivan. And the guy yeah. rolls the window down, and so, like, I don't really know why I rolled the window down because – I don't know. It's just kind of weird, some guy rolling up next to me. So I roll the window down, and the guy, like, looks at me, and he's, like, all shaking and stuff. And, like, I don't mean to judge, but obviously there was something altering his mood 
Um, and he was all jittery and everything. And he's like, "Hey man, I've just been a uh, I've been to four gas stations and they've denied my credit card, and I'm just trying to get some gas so I can get home to New York City or wherever he was going." And uh, I was just in shock because I was I just I realized that I just got uh, approached by a bum in a car. <laughs> so this guy asked me that, and I was just kind of staring at him for you know a few seconds, not saying anything like. All these things rushing through my mind, like wanting to ask him how he's gotten this car and everything. And uh, I just said, uh, I don't have any money, which I don't. And I didn't. And he's just like, uh, okay, man. He rolled up the window and drove off. So, uh, so bums, even though the economy is this bad, it just shows you there's some hope that there are bums driving minivans. Bums and minivans in the world. <laughs> Maybe that should have been the title of the podcast. Um, many many, many, yeah. <laughs> he just drove off, and I just kind of sat there for another minute, just kind of <laughs> thinking about what just happened. And I don't know. It's a, well, maybe the maybe the economy has not affected the bum sector. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess I guess if you don't have a house. Wow, we're getting into dangerous. It's slippery slope. <laughs> Just stop right there. Well, he has a minivan. Yeah. I don't know. But I guess he didn't have to pay a mortgage on the house. No. You know, and and Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac didn't affect him that much. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> um, and, and you have another story that you were uh, texting me furiously about. Let me just set this up, Okay. This weekend, I've I've had <clears throat> a lot of work to do, and I've I've been rushing around from place to place. I've been working. I was working at the hotel, and 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 the people that that own and operate the hotel that I work at, we're also opening another hotel about an hour away from the hotel that I work at now. And they're opening this new hotel. It's supposed to be open uh, on Wednesday or Thursday of this week, and <clears throat> so they had asked me to to come up after I was, you know, on Thursday and Friday, come up and help open this hotel. And, um, and, and also, you know, I was working Saturday and Sunday at the hotel that I'm scheduled to work at. And, uh, and I was supposed to be meeting up with a friend of mine to eat lunch on Saturday. And so here I am working from seven to three at the hotel and then rolling out to eat a rushed lunch with this guy who I haven't seen in a long time. It's one of these friends where you like, he asks you to eat lunch. You can't really say no because you want to be nice to the guy because you like the guy and you're friends with the guy, but you're not friends enough to where you could be like, well, i got to go do this thing. It's like if he asks and you need to say yes in order to keep the lines of communication open, to keep it from the difference between an acquaintance and a friend. You know, you want to be there, whatever, whatever. So I, I go and I eat lunch with him, and we're in the middle of a conversation. We're in the middle of like a, a, a deep philosophical conversation over some Ming tree Chinese food. And uh, and my phone starts vibrating, and it doesn't stop vibrating for the rest of the day. And and I'm I'm really I'm kind of paranoid about my phone. I always check it if it vibrates, and whether it be a text message or a phone call or an email or or you know Twitter updates. I have a couple people that I followed mobily on my Twitter, and so you know it it texts me when they update whatever whatever. And I start getting at three o'clock in the afternoon. At 3 o'clock in the afternoon, I start getting text messages from Jigga about this prom that he's going to. <laughs> and the first was, I'm going to prom. And I think in the back of my head, like, what, what, what is this guy, you know, 30-some-odd years old going to prom for? <laughs> Dude, 
dude, <laughs> I mean, there's one way to say robbing the cradle, and then the other is like, I'm 30 years old, and I'm going to prom. Um, don't judge. That is, yeah, well, I'm, I, wasn't, I, was trying, I was doing my best not to judge, <laughs> you know, but I'm getting text messages that uh, I'm wearing Air Force Ones to prom. <laughs> at three in the afternoon because prom is at night but yet i want to get ready early you know <laughs> so why why were you going to prom at three in the afternoon okay so to keep myself from getting arrested here i went to prom as a chaperone okay my t- my roommate is a teacher and she mm-hmm. teaches a high school really close to our house and so last year she asked me to come as a chaperone, and I went, and there was good food, and I had a good time because hanging out with the teachers and stuff. Um, so she asked me again this year if I wanted to go, and I said, yeah. And uh, so I had to decide what to wear, and getting dressed up is a strange thing for me because I don't do it very often. And so mm-hmm. I texted you to see if wearing my new uh, Air Force Ones, which I inherited from you, these sweet mm-hmm. Cloverdale Park Air Force Ones, they're like white. You know how sweet they are. You bought them. They didn't fit you. Yep. And uh, no. so I was like, well, I want to wear those just because I want to wear them, you know. So I texted you to see if that was appropriate. You said, yeah, go for it. Because, time out, you wanted to wear them because you were that weird guy that no none of the kids knew that was just there to chaperone prom. So you wanted to look like you were still a little bit hip, didn't you? Oh, for sure. Okay. For sure. Just make it sure. That, that's an interesting point because I realized in this, like, when – when you're in your 20s and you go to functions like this, the high school kids, like, they'll try to talk to you and stuff, you know? So they'll be like, oh, mm-hmm. man, that guy, you know, he's young, but he's like, he's probably in college or something. I'm going to talk to that dude, you know? Well, yeah. then if you're really old, I think they talk to you to probably make fun of you. Or out of pity. Right, out of pity. Or, oh, look at the old guy. Well, I'm in this, like, no man's land age now. Where yeah. I am completely invisible to high school kids, which is fine with me, but it's just kind of strange. <laughs> I went to this prom and none of the kids talked to me. None of them even saw me. They just looked through me. Yeah. And uh, so I don't think any of them noticed I had my Air Force Ones on, but most of them were dressed lame anyway, so I'm not too worried about it. Um, well, I, I got some text messages about how these kids were dressed. Um, one text message I got was just simply Zach Efron wannabes. <laughs> yeah. There was a lot of, apparently these kids have watched a lot of high school musical because they all had Zach Efron haircuts. It was all gel, gelled haircuts or Zach Efron haircut. Yeah, it was, another one I got was gel, 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 Efron, gel, 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 swoop, gel, Efron. <laughs> yeah. I think there were actually a few more Efrons than I had put in that text. So. I was, I mean, I was, uh, <laughs> I was in the middle of this lunch with this guy, trying not to laugh in the text messages <laughs> and trying to act blatantly, act like I wasn't reading text messages. Trying to act interested like, in this guy's conversation, and your phone is blowing up with these ridiculous text messages from your 31-year-old buddy who is at the prom. <laughs> With, with Air Force Ones with on. With Air Force Ones on. With prom boots. And other, you, you, after about 15 to 20 text messages, I got a text that said, is this thing on? <laughs> uh, well, this, to set it up, we the, the prom, like, when I, I didn't go to my high school prom, but our high school prom was in our shitty gym. Well, these... These high schools these days, they do it differently. Last year they did it at the aquarium here, which was pretty cool because they got to look at the fish. 
Um, this year they did it at the House of Blues, which is a music venue about an hour and a half south of here. So the kids actually had to get on a bus and ride the bus to the House of Blues, which is a very kind of strange setup for prom, I think. I don't know about right. you. I mean, well, I mean, I I went to prom in high school. I went I went to a couple different ones. I had friends that were going to different schools and stuff like that, and never once was. <laughs> Would anybody, I don't, I don't believe, entertain the idea or the notion of riding a bus to prom? <laughs> yeah. I mean, part of the whole prom shtick is to go out to eat with your friends, you know, not eating a lunch, you know, but to go out to eat dinner with, you know, with your dates, whatever, whatever. Some people get a, a limo, you know, other kids get, you know, their, their, their parents' car, the nicer car, something like that, to go out to together and they eat and then they go to the prom together. Right, and part of the whole deal is like arriving at prom. You arrive. Right. Prom, it's the it's prom. the only type of, of of red carpet venue that you're gonna get when you're 16 years old, unless you're like Chris Brown. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, they, these kids had <laughs> they're on this bus, right? This luckily they were charter buses and not just high school like you know. Jeez, <laughs> yeah. But they're on these buses with these, you know, they're all dressed up, dressed to the nines. Um. And they're on this bus, and apparently there was a lot of protesting before this whole thing because they did not want to go to the House of Blues, but I don't know. So I'm writing. Well, the, the the thing about planning a prom is you've got, like, three or four girls that do it. Right. You know, so I can only imagine, like, the prom planning committee thinking this is a great idea. Yeah, this to go to the House a great of Blues. idea, yeah. We'll, we'll get buses. They'll be able to go for free because a lot of kids probably won't be able to go if they have to drive themselves and that kind of thing, and... And then everybody hating on them, and they're crushing their dreams of being a great party planning committee. Yeah. So I rode this bus with these kids who don't know who I am, and they just d- did not acknowledge me at all, which was fine, whatever. I was just going for the food pretty much and to help out my roommate. But um, So we ride this, we take this hour-and-a-half bus ride <laughs> to the House of Blues, and uh, luckily they had good food there. So I guess, I mean, it, it's kind of strange because part of the prom experience is like going out to dinner, right? Yeah, but these kids just ate. You know, it was like hors d'oeuvres and stuff at the House of Blues. Wow. It was like little hamburgers and stuff like that. Mini burgers, which was good. I had like the best uh, cupcake I've ever had in my life. There. How um, many? I I had two. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because you have one, and you got it. You're like, wow, this might be the best cupcake I've ever had. I need to make sure. You know, being a, a former biology major, you know, I'm using the scientific method to figure this out right. and win that another one. There's chocolate all over my face. Like, <laughs> a cupcake with, like, a big thing of icing on top is impossible to get in your mouth, you know, without getting it all over your face. <laughs> so here I am at the prom. These kids are thinking I'm really strange. And I'm <laughs> shoving cupcakes in my face <laughs> and getting chocolate all over my my face. And so, did you ever did you ever do the uh, the obligatory chaperone let me dance with the kids thing to try to make people happy, or like try to get kids that weren't dancing and just being wallflowers to dance? Nah, I don't care about that. <laughs> no way. So, so was there any actual like chaperoning involved? Did you have to separate and like make room for Jesus for anybody? No, or? no, I had no no duties at all. <laughs> I just kind so of were... observed this whole thing. <laughs> I was just uh, you were, lurking, pretty much. You, so you added to the creep factor by not even acting like a chaperone, even though your role was chaperone. Right, yeah, I just was kind of lurking. 
Just you were a guy who happened to be mildly dressed up, even though you were wearing some, you know, tennis shoes. Right. And you hopped on a bus, and they said, who's that guy who just happened to hop on our bus and come to the house of Blue? Yeah, I can only imagine the kids were like, I think he just got on the bus. I don't think he knows anybody here. <laughs> I'm sure that was the running joke. Yeah. Who is that guy? Yeah. Eating cupcakes with chocolate on his face. The other thing, the, the other notable thing about this experience was I wore a tie for about the first time in a year. Because I, I wear a tie about once a year, depending on how many people have died in that year that I've known. Because um, I tend to only wear them to funerals. Um, right. I don't wear them to weddings in general. You've seen firsthand. Yeah. Which before you, before you judge, I've seen you wear sandals to weddings a lot. Well. Chaco. You know. Well, I, you know, to each his own. One, if it's a wedding outside, then you it's know. appropriate to wear outside shoes. It is. Yeah. So I, okay. I, I put this tie. I don't know how to tie a tie. Um. So I always have to look it up. And the diagram for how to tie a tie is never easy to follow. Right. Um. For, it's in Japanese. Right. For, this so you're straight, only doing the pictures. It has nothing to do, really, with tying a tie. It's just some kind of weird joke played on people who don't know how to tie ties. Um, yeah. For years, I've had a tie that was just pre-tied by my father, <laughs> and it just hung on my, uh, on my, you know, on my, on a hanger in my closet, and I would just put, on a wire hanger. Yeah, on a wire <laughs> hanger in the closet, and I would just get it. But it got to the point where it was, uh, as I got taller, it wound up being too short. And I think at some point in time it got untied, so I had to learn how to tie a tie. And uh, so I tied. We were, of course, I was late to prom. Like I needed to be there. My roommates like, we gotta go, we gotta go. So I, uh, I'm furiously trying to learn how to tie a tie as we're walking out the door. And you know, I'm just like basically tying it in a square knot over and over again, <laughs> realizing that's not the right way to tie a tie. And, uh, and thinking in your head, in the back of your head as a last resort, maybe if I just tied it in some ironic fashion that it would go well with the Air Force One. Yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. I'll just won't tie it and just have it around my neck. It's a scarf. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like throwing it over my shoulder. Yeah. Um, but I finally tied it and I wound up with the smallest knot ever. <laughs> and it's kind of a wide tie because... You know, I went and just bought the first tie I saw, which I'm guessing wide, wider ties are in right now. It had, like, like cherubs yeah. and statues of the Leaning Tower of Peace on it. Yeah, and that, <laughs> it had Mickey Mouse on it, you know. <laughs> yeah. um, which the, the tie that my father tied that's been on the, you know, that I've used over and over again was, is actually, I think, was tied in 1983. So yeah. it's quite a skinny tie. Yeah. <laughs> as was the style back then so now I got this wide tie and this little tiny knot at the top I look like a complete asshole with my Air Force Ones in this improperly tied tie and I'm going to this prom with these kids completely weird Trick love the kids yeah but the other notable thing about the prom was the DJ was absolutely terrible um, just the worst second worst DJ I've ever experienced in my life uh -huh. And I think most of my text messages were about that. You did you did go into the set list yeah. of the DJ. Which from the set list, that set list that I was sending you was actually, I was not making that up. What, what was your impression of his set list? First you said, uh, well, you were talking about how bad it was. <laughs> 
and he said that it was a skating rink DJ. Totally. And that and that the DJ was so bad that I could do better. Like you, you the fact that I wasn't responding to your text message. That you could do better. Proved that right. Could that, do better. that was that saying that I could do better than this prom DJ that you obviously hated was going to incite some sort of response from me, even though I'm eating Chow Young rice at Ming Tree Restaurant, <laughs> listening to this guy talk about you know the love and love lost, you know. And, um, and I was and trying still, to spur no you. I was trying to incite a reaction from you. Saying that the DJ looks like Prop Joe from The Wire. He did. That was the only good thing I could say about him. Is I like Prop Joe, the character, and he looked exactly like Prop Joe from The Wire. So you can imagine how strange it was. This guy, there's this, it's this huge stage at the House of Blues. There's this little DJ fan in the middle of the stage, and Prop Joe is behind it, playing the. And great if you haven't seen The Wire, Prop Joe is, you know, is a is, is an obese. Man, a, a very large, you know, stately-looking gangster, if you will. Yeah. And um, it, you said he's pulling the drop the volume and let the crowd sing the words with old songs the kids don't know. Yeah, I forget what song it was, but he was like, you know, we're like, it's a song that everybody knows, and they drop out the volume at the chorus so that the crowd can sing it, and they get, you know, they get it gets everybody hyped if it's a song they know. Um, yeah. It was with songs that I didn't know the words to. <laughs> he's, uh, he's playing Baby Got Back, and whoop, there it is. Yeah. Uh, pump the jam. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love rock and roll. Um, I love rock and roll. That one went over really well. Joan Jett, I love rock and roll. The kids were just staring at each other, just like, what? what is this? <laughs> Casey and JoJo. Oh, now that is that. See, I gotta give him props for that because that song is the ultimate prom song. Yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with that song. Do you know the one that? that... Oh, I, oh, I know that song. Oh, uh, all my, my life, I waited for someone waited like, for you. like you, and I thank God. And you can just watch. That is the ultimate prom song for any prom. So he kind of redeemed himself a little bit there. Because um, you can just see people falling in love to that song. <laughs> you can just see it. You just like I was trying not to make eye contact with these old teachers because I was afraid I was going to fall in love with one of them. That is that song is powerful. So he he at least redeemed himself with that. But um, being a a part time DJ myself, um, that that that's used generously. Well, hey, you like my pieces. <laughs> I do. I've been DJing for a long time, and I claim to be very good at it. But I enjoy doing it, and I play mostly house parties and stuff, or whatever I can get my hands on. If I get a chance to play, I'll play. Um, yeah. I used to DJ the camp dances, so I'm familiar with the camp that we used to work at. So I'm familiar with playing music for kids these this age group. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, but I'm very self conscious about my skills as a DJ, so I'm also mm -hmm. always measuring myself against other DJs. And yeah. nothing drives me crazier than when I go to see a DJ that's got, like, a big gig like this, and I think, wow, I suck, but I could do better than this guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I imagine it's what, if I, if I knew how to play guitar, and I went to see a band, and, and the band was, like, well-respected by the crowd, but I knew for a fact that they were terrible because, <clears throat> you know, I knew I knew, knew something about playing guitar, and the guitarist was awful. I imagine it would yeah. be the same kind of feeling.
So it just drives me wild, you know, to see somebody doing that. And this guy was awful. He was just terrible. Um, well, one of these, one of these that that you sent me, it says, "Did not know Stanky Leg was a real song. I thought it was an ironic joke," <laughs> which which leads me into something else um, that that our, we have. We both have a friend named Jake, and um, and he really he's got uh, <clears throat> one way to put it. He's got, he's got his finger on the pulse. Of of the new uh, the new dances the new songs and he was really into the stanky leg when it when it came out and he just <laughs> sent me a link today he went to um, a rod run in Pigeon Forge Tennessee and and I live about um, I live about 45 to 55 minutes from Pigeon Forge and Pigeon Forge is right next to Gatlinburg which is in Sevierville it's where Dolly Parton's from you've got Dollywood. You've got essentially, you know, if you think about the idea of the politics of culture and that um, those in power can kind of set the tone of, of what the culture will be for, a, you know, a certain region or geography. And, and um, the, uh, the, the quote-unquote culture of, of Pigeon Forge and, and, <laughs> and Gatlinburg is that it's really what other people outside of the southeast want to see when they – come to the southeast and those that live in that town absolutely hate uh the the you know it's like kind of like the myrtle beach of the mountains it is the myrtle beach of the mountains just, yeah it, yeah it's 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 really populated by you know people from outside or people from within that are just unapologetically rednecks you know and <clears throat> there's a rod run and as people what is a rod, rod what is stop <laughs> just stop what is a rod run I'm getting to it. A rod run is um That's what she said. It's, it's like it's like a convention of it's like a a convention of people that have hot rods that want to show them off. Okay? <laughs> and it attracts a very specific crowd. And our friend Jake Why was went. Jake at the rod run? <laughs> well, it sounded like a good time. What? You know? No. Why why would Jake be at the rod run? <laughs> why? <laughs> Why would he go? There's no way that he would go to that on his own. That's I know Jake. There's no way he went because of somebody else. It had to. Have been. Well, he he went with a friend of his, and they were, you know, I, you know, I don't want to sell a guy. Apparently, they were, you know, they were looking to have a good time, you and know. And, run, and so yeah. he gets online and he's talking to me this morning about going to the rod run, and that he said he said he was standing on top of a Cadillac. Doing the Ricky Bobby, and I didn't even know Ricky Bobby, the character from Talladega Nights, played by Will Ferrell. I didn't even not know he had a what dance. The, yeah. the, I didn't know that there was a dance devoted to Ricky Bobby. So if you want, uh, we'll probably put a link on our Twitter. Um, but but the Rod Run uh, and and our buddy Jake standing on top of a car dancing for people. Driving by in hot rods, doing the Ricky Bobby, so you can YouTube it. The Ricky Bobby—that's what—that's the thing you sent me this morning. This—that was awful. Yeah. That was terrible. <laughs> it's just like low budget, like awful video. Uh, this terrible dance. I can—I can't imagine Jake doing that. I just—I wonder if he damaged the the Cadillac he was standing on. <laughs> if he's not it being is. held liable for any of that. <laughs> but there is, you know, there is a lot of. Um, there's a lot of those kind of dances now, and the stanky leg is obviously stanky leg in their school cafeteria being recorded on a cell phone, you know, and then uploaded to YouTube. And the next the next thing to hit the spot is going to be the Ricky Bobby. 
So you know, keeping it keeping it on the pulse. Our 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 guy out there in the streets is uh, is our buddy Jake. Jake does really. keep it. Yeah, yeah, he does. He does keep his finger on the pulse. He knows all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. The stanky leg. I really did think it was a joke. I thought it was a joke. Well, Doesn't it come I, from some comedy, some movie or something, originally? I have no idea where it comes from. I've, I've kind of entered that part of my life where um, I'm beginning to feel a little bit dated because I don't know. If I were to turn on MTV or, well, if I were to turn on a television that actually played music videos. Oh, look sure at you. The easy, the, <laughs> that low-hanging fruit. <laughs> that low-hanging fruit. Let's make a comment about the fact that MTV doesn't play music videos anymore. When I was a kid, they played music videos. That's what. That's what our. As we, when we get to be old men, that's going to be our. You know, well, when I was a kid, <laughs> MTV walk. was about music. Wait. Well, it wasn't about. Uh, anyways, so <laughs> I, I don't think that I. If I were to turn on the radio. <clears throat> To the quote-unquote alternative station, I don't think I could name, you know, five out of the ten bands that, right. that played on. Well, and and, we don't and, we don't listen to the radio anymore. People don't listen to the radio very much anymore. Well, I don't. I don't know. I guess I don't know. I guess maybe the well, generation does, but thus why I don't know what the stanky leg is. Which I don't really feel. Having heard the stanky leg song, I don't really feel like I've missed much. I really missed out <laughs> on much. But it was very strange to see the kids doing the stanky leg. From what I could see, the stanky leg is just you're just you just make up whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> they were just doing some kind of weird, just sort of making up. It looked like the peanut stance almost, in a way. <laughs> I don't even know what the peanut stance is. Is that like do the Charlie Brown? Yeah, like in Char- that, Charlie that Brown. Plot? Charlie Brown. Which they played that song too, which that one's always a hit. Well, you know, any kind of line dance is going to be a hit at a group dance. Yeah. You know, I was at a wedding um, just about a month and a half, maybe even two months ago now. And and the the funny thing is, yeah, the weather hadn't really turned. It was still cold. Yeah. And and I was wearing a suit, but I did decide to wear sandals. (laughs) Uh, And you're admitting that on this podcast. I, well, I hate I hate dressing up, and I like the the, the, the juxtaposition between wearing sandals and a, and a business suit. Right, my body you know, may be like, locked up, but my feet are free. My feet okay. are free. I I am a free spirit, and I'm signifying that by wearing some fucking chakas. Yeah. Anyways, so I go to this wedding, and uh, I didn't really. I knew the bride and and groom. I knew the bride better than I knew the groom. We were friends in college, and and I really only knew like two other people at the wedding. And um, <clears throat> we go to the reception and. And I, I I just sit there at a table and I watch the whole time, which is not something that I usually do. I'm usually up on the dance floor. I like to dance. I like I like to groove. Definitely, I've know. seen it firsthand, for sure. But it was a trip. There were not that many people dancing. The dance floor was like the size of like a, a, a rug, you know, that you put in a welcome mat rug. And so there wasn't much room for people to dance in the first place. But the um, uh, the DJ started playing a series of line dances. He actually played the Mambo Slide twice, and it's he played good. the Electric it's Slide. That good. It's, it is that good. Like, and everybody flooded the dance floor as soon as those line dances came on because they, a lot of people don't think they know how to dance, you know. And and I would argue that everybody knows how to dance. They can keep a beat, you know. You just yeah. move your hips. And um, but everybody came on for the Mambo Slide, and, and my favorite is watching people 
try to figure out what the Charlie Brown actually is. Charlie Brown. You're talking about the cha-cha <laughs> slide, right? Oh, that's what the it Mambo is. The slide. slide. <laughs> I would say that the the first time when I the first time I played the cha-cha slide for uh, a camp dance, I didn't know what it was. Um, and somebody yeah. said, "Oh, you have to play a cha-cha slide." The first time I played it, and I hit that button on the the DJ panel, and immediately the crowd started following the directions of the song like zombies. I was both I, I felt both terrified. And completely empowered. Like, wow. I hope the song says throw your wallets at the stage next. <laughs> it would have done it, you know? Yeah. Like, it, yeah. it, it is, it, it's totally empowering, so, yeah, that, that is a hit. What? And there is a, there's a moment in that song where the guy says hands on your knees, hands, hands on, your knees. on your knees, which is really meant to, to, to cause, you know, people to twerk. Yeah, you know? right. And, and, and the best thing is to watch, the, you know, the grandmas put their hands on their knees and shake their butts. It's both repulsive and beautiful at the same time. Yeah, you're like, wow, the power of music right there. Getting I will say up. one of the hype things from this prom was um, there were these two guys, and they played um, – they played uh, the DJ played Billie Jean, uh, Michael Jackson's song. And uh, these guys, one of them had like a Michael Jackson hat for some reason. Um, and – they were really good dancers, and so the crowd like formed a circle around them, and they were doing all these Michael Jackson moves, like the moonwalk and everything, and they knew all of it. And this guy's doing like James Brown splits and stuff, you know, where he sl- splits to the ground and comes back up and everything. And they were, yeah. he was like flipping the hat around, and these two guys were like, one of them would would dance, and then he would put the hat on the other guy, and the other guy would come out and dance, and they just traded off for the whole song, and the whole crowd was getting really hyped on it. And those guys were the man at the the senior prom there. It's pretty cool to see. Did one of them win prom king? Men's. No, they didn't. They didn't. I was I was how disappointed was, in how not culturally diverse the prom uh, panel was. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just leave. Let me tell you a little something. Uh, a little bit. My experience with prom. Our um, our senior prom at the high school that I went to. All of our parents were invited to the prom, which. <laughs> about that. <laughs> All of our parents were invited to the prom. They were invited to come at a specific time because the seniors were presented at the prom. And what they did is they had all the juniors stand out in the crowd and all the parents of the seniors standing in the crowd. And, and you were lined up uh, behind this curtain and brought out and they would say, you know, the girl's name and she's escorted by, you know, right. the guy. And and so it was like kind of homecoming you know, was, style, right? Got, well, you know, our homecoming um, was it just had a totally different feel to it. Right. It was, you know, it was homecoming, and and it was much more about you know the the ladies and the homecoming queens and the homecoming court. But this was about the seniors, right. really. And um, <clears throat> and right after they had the the presentation of the seniors, they had the prom queen and the prom king. So this was like the end of the night, you know, all the votes had been cast and the parents were there and they were taking pictures of their kids. And, um, and my folks were there, my dad, my stepmom were there. And, um, I was on, I was on prom court or whatever, you know, I was, my name was nominated, you know, you could vote on me to be prom king, but I was, I was kind of up against these guys that were really, you know, um, your quintessential prom king material. And I definitely was not, you know, I was not, you know, 
uh, three sport varsity letterer or anything like that. And um, <laughs> I was already going bald by then, you know, it was just something that, you know, my parents, <laughs> they, uh, when, when the prom court was announced and they had us go up to the front and they were going to, you know, say who won or whatever, my parents began to leave. Don't <laughs> <laughs> you how much faith they had in you. That... Right. They, they said, well, anyway, so I wound up winning. I, w- I was the prom king wow. in my senior prom. And, and so I didn't know. Um, until afterwards that my parents had already started to leave and, until I was looking at the pictures that they had taken and all the pictures of me winning prom king, which was like a Burger King crown. Yeah. Literally, it was the brokest <laughs> crown ever. Yeah. It was a plastic and it came apart. You know, I don't think it even survived that night. And uh, they all the pictures that they had <laughs> was... My stepmom just raising her arms above her head and, and trying to get over the crowd because they were in the back of the crowd. They were almost the outside, yeah. Yeah, so all the pictures are, like, out of focus, and I'm, like, three inches tall, and it's, like, my ear, you know? <laughs> it's just, like, part of me. And so there were no, you know, and they said later, you know, they are like, well, we just assumed you weren't going to win that. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? You know, I was like, oh, come on, guys, you know, like. And they were like, well, you know, there's a guy, Michael Fesher, who was like, he, he got best looking and all that kind of stuff. You know, they assumed he was going to win it. And um, Best looking. So, best looking. <laughs> what a terrible award to give some. Oh, best looking. Yeah, we had, we had those superlatives the, in the um, yearbook So as well. let me ask you this. So I didn't, did not know that you were the prom king. As the prom king, did your date feel uh, – was your date – did your date feel dissed that she was not the prom queen? I'm guessing she wasn't the prom queen. Or did she feel honored to be at the prom with the prom king? Well, that's a story in and of itself. I was actually – I had um, I had dated this girl most of my junior year of high school and then into the senior year, and, and we broke up near the beginning of the senior year of high school. And she said, as we were breaking up, you're still taking me to the prom. Right. And, um, and I, you know, out of whatever I was feeling, it was, I guess it was guilt or obligation. I was like, sure, we'll, we'll go to the prom together. But I was actually, by the time the prom rolled around, I was actually kind of dating a different girl. And um, and the girl that, that uh, I was escorting to the prom had developed, uh, you know, a really intense hatred for me by the time the prom came around. But we were still going together because we had to go to the prom together. And, um, so we weren't really hanging out much during the night. Right. We weren't enjoying each other's company. I was, uh, it was really awkward. It's out of obligation. Awkward. Yeah. And she, um, was that, let me say best, this, was the girl that you were dating, like, uh, did she start out being like the homely, ugly girl and you realized <laughs> over time, uh, her true beauty? Like, did she, did she have like a big makeover? And right. She was she was the art student that wore her hair in a ponytail right. and had glasses, and all I did was take the glasses off and the ponytail out, and she became like, the most beautiful. Oh, person. she's so hot yeah. now! And it and at the end of the prom, you got a a, a slow clap as you walked <laughs> as you left with her, and you, and your ex girlfriend was just was in the corner with her arms crossed, crying. Not quite. Yeah. Not quite like that. However, the the girl that I had taken to the prom, that the one that hated me by then her best friend won prom queen oh and so i i think it was much less uh yeah she did had absolutely did not feel good 
about the the way it turned out and 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 i they wound up you know having the prom king and queen have a dance together where everybody was supposed to watch it and and by that time (laughs) (laughs) how awkward uh, yeah yeah the awkwardness had had filled my spirit to the point i don't even wow congratulations on being the prom king (laughs) yeah (laughs) getting just totally getting shit on that was the worst (laughs) <laughs> it was bad. So it was let me. Really I have one more point to go back to on this DJ that was at this prom. So I want to ask you, as someone who went to the prom as a student, the music. Do you remember that? Did you have a band or a DJ at your prom? DJ. We had. DJ. Okay. D- from what I know from seeing the prom on TV and movies and things, the prom is like sort of a time capsule of that year, right? Yeah. And the, yeah. You, for the most part, they play songs that were like hot that year. Is yeah. that am I wrong in assuming that? There was that one song my year was um I think it was titled Graduation. It was some female singer that talking about like I'll always love my friends or some bullshit like that. I can't oh, even Oh, was that High C maybe? That did <laughs> I think it was. Um, it was um But that that's the purpose of prom is to play all those bullshit songs from that year, right? Right. I mean, yeah, it, it needs to be current and hit. Right. Well, this this guy was with these kids did not realize it, but they went to the 1989 senior prom. That's what <laughs> this guy was playing like the worst. You know, I don't know if you know like early house music, like uh the stuff they play at night in the Roxbury and stuff. What yeah. is love? That sort of stuff. <laughs> he actually played that song. Um, awesome. He was also playing that sort of awful uh, late '80s, early '90s hip hop stuff that was like uh, this is this is actually earlier than that, but this is sort of like the jam on it, jam on it, you know. And every song is put your hands in the air, put your hands in the air, and like you know, the, all the all the bad hip hop from that time. I mean, during that time, you also had Public Enemy and stuff like that. But all that crappy like top forty hip hop from that time was all basically the same samples and stuff. He was playing all of that stuff, which is even weirder than if he just played like all 80s new wave music or like 70s disco music. You know what I mean? Like it was just stick to stick to one bad out of date genre. Right. It's like music that no one relates to. Even people like I mean I I was obviously like going into my high school years. I think 91 was my freshman year of high school, and that sort of style of hip hop and and house music was around. And I don't even relate to that. And he was playing it, and the looks on those kids' faces, they weren't even, like, disgusted. They were just, like, they were shrugging. Like, I don't, what is this? What is this? Music? I'm confused. Jam on it. Confused. Jam on it. Put your hands in the air. And, uh, yeah, it was just ridiculous. And finally one girl came up and was like, what can we do about the music? And I just looked at her and said, uh, there's not really much you can do, I don't think. Uh, the music is telling you what to do. Yeah. Okay, so put your hands in the air and jam on and it. And wave them like you just don't care. <laughs> now go on back out there. Enjoy your prom. <laughs> so this guy was like, he was he was repping hard for like 89 to 91. That was obviously his glory years. Prop Joe's glory years were 89 to 91, you know. The funny thing, I am picturing Prop Joe. Literally Prop Joe standing up there. And, and playing the music. If you haven't seen The Wire, go watch The Wire. And it'll, it'll put some context it, on it. It is – picturing Prop Joe, it's exactly – it was Prop Joe. I'm not I'm not unconvinced it wasn't the actor that played Prop Joe. 
<laughs> actually, you know. You know, and part of me is like a little schadenfreude moment where I'm actually like secretly gleeful that these kids' prom is being ruined by this awful DJ. But uh, for, that comes from having played music for kids that age, and, and you know for a fact that you start playing music for kids that age, and you play like a, a, a hip-hop song from like three years ago, and they come up and say, play some hip-hop while you're playing a hip-hop song. Mm-hmm. But because it's from like three years ago, they don't think it's hip-hop. Mm-hmm. And so they complain mm-hmm. about it, you know. But or play a slow song. Play a slow, play a slow song. song. You play a slow song and everybody leaves the dance floor. <laughs> yeah, you're except like, for the two people that got up the courage to ask to somebody ask, else to do Yeah. <laughs> well, as you were experiencing, you know, this wonderful prom, this beautiful moment in time where, you know, kids were falling in love to Casey and JoJo. Love I was working. Life. Yeah. I was I was working at a hotel at the hotel that I work at. And um <clears throat> which you have mentioned before. Somebody, yeah. Right, somebody um that works at the hotel, uh an older lady who um just kind of, you know, just really to be honest with you, just kind of mills around the hotel in a uniform. She um her son, who's probably 41, 42, came in and and she was out she was um not working in the weekend, but he came <coughs> in and said, "Yeah, we, we've got um We've got one of the conference rooms, um, and it wasn't in the book, and I wound up calling her, and she's like, yeah, I talked to the GM. He said they can use it because her house was being uh, worked on. Her bathroom was being worked on that, and, and so in her words, her son needed to have his meeting at the hotel because he couldn't have the meeting at her house. This is a, a guy, you know, at least in his late 30s. Maybe in his early You would 40s, think he would have his probably, own house to have his meeting. Well, number one, yeah, his meeting. And meeting is used in quotes here. <laughs> loosely, okay? loosely. Loosely, because he came up and he's like, he's got a T-shirt tucked into a pair of shorts, which, no judgment, but if, you're, if your short does not button all the way down to the waist, then you shouldn't tuck it in. I'm just going to put that out there. And he has his T-shirt tucked into his pair of shorts. What was on the T-shirt? Says, yeah, I, do you remember? Uh, it was some strange graphic that I was didn't understand. Was it a understand. black T-shirt? Did, it was a black <laughs> T-shirt, and it was actually a pair of white shorts. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> and so <laughs> he, uh, he says, you know, and so I finally I, I, I opened up the conference room for him, and um, I'm like, okay, well, there you go. And he's like, okay, well, people will start coming in, whatever, whatever. And I didn't think about it because we get people that come in and have meetings all the time. And, and these folks, they come in, they ask me where the meeting is. I just tell them, go to the hallway, take a left, or go to the hallway and take a right. And I don't think about it. Well, <laughs> about 30 or 45 minutes after that, these, um, <clears throat> these characters start walking through the door. And they all, they all look pretty similar. Okay, they're all in between five five, and 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 some of them got as large as like seven feet tall. Um, so this, the the height wasn't the same thing about them, but they were all wearing t-shirts with graphics on them that I didn't understand. Tucked into white shorts. Tucked into shorts. Shorts. Some some of them were wearing yeah, a lot of them were wearing shorts. Um, <laughs> some of them were wearing like button down shirts that were like unbuttoned over the t-shirt, but the t-shirt was tucked in, but the unbutton the, the the unbuttoned button down shirt was was not tucked in. It was just like hanging, you know, from like 1985 yeah, style. Yeah. And um, some of them had backpacks with, you know, only one strap over their shoulder. And, um, and almost all of them had mustaches 
and a couple of them had glasses, but the glasses were like the square glasses. Oh, man, this is sounding like a pretty hype party now. <laughs> now, he said he was having a meeting. And one of the last guys that came through looked real confused. He was looking around the lobby, came up to me, said, um, "Where, where's the meeting? And I said, uh, which meeting? Because I just had to know. And so I wanted to, you know, suggest that there was more than one meeting going on. So I said, which meeting? And he looks at me, and I see the shame just melt his face. And he said, <laughs> he said, um, <clears throat> the, <laughs> I, <laughs> He said uh, the the Dungeons and Dragons meeting, <laughs> and, and I said, "Oh, yeah, that's in the volunteer room. Just go to the hallway and take a left. The door behind you." Did left. you giggle? <laughs> Just a little bit. Uh, no, I, actually, I've gotten very callous. Uh, working in a front desk will really teach you not to. It teaches you the poker face, yeah. you know, that I, I couldn't learn a poker face by playing poker, but I could learn it by the end of the front desk. And, um, <clears throat> and so I just, you know, I, I waved him off, and then and then I began to just revel, and, and all the dots got connected. You know, the stars aligned, right. and I realized. It finally made sense. Things. Yeah, it did. Which, and they, and so, to, like, clarify it, like, I mean, I'm a nerd myself, and I, I have played Dungeons & Dragons before. I will admit to that. I don't play wow. Dungeons and Dragons now, um, mm-hmm. but the way you were describing is such the cliche. Uh, yeah. The way that, like, I'm just saying that we're not passing judgment on people wanting to be nerds and play Dungeons and Dragons and stuff. But come on. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, that's what it was. It on. wasn't the fact that they were playing Dungeons and Dragons. In fact, I thought that was like kind of cool. I was like, wow, these people are like. They're meeting They're together games, in some yeah. random anonymous hotel, you know, to go into the back room and play Dungeons but, and Dragons. Yeah, it, the problem it was, was the is that package. every single one of them fit that bill. Yeah. You know, it was like these guys are really – I mean, they all had computer tans. Yeah, yeah. You know, they were translucent. Yeah. You could see the veins in their face. And one guy actually brought his wife. His wife was playing as well, which I was like, well, he's the – you know – He's the lucky one of the bunch, you know, but in, in the two of them. Depending on how you look at it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it was it was really something, and they were coming in and out and buying, you know, buying soft drinks from the cooler and having to pay me. And, Mountain you know, they were buying and Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew was, buying, was like, sold out. <laughs> they were buying Powerade and Sprite. Yeah. That's what Powerade and Sprite. And they, they came out, they, they, ordered, they ordered pizza. And um, they came and got the menu from me, and, and, and they went back and they ordered pizza. And then this uh, this poor little, like, 16-year-old pizza <laughs> delivery girl comes in oh, lugging, no. like, uh, you know, enough pizza for the whole hotel. And, and she's, she's taking it back there, and she comes back out. And the look she gave me <laughs> as she was leaving was just a- she, absolute disgust. She didn't leave. She fled. She was fleeing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what she was doing. And so the, the, I wonder if they gave this, her a tip in, like, gold coin, gold farthings. <laughs> Shilling. Yeah, yeah, they gave her some dice. They gave her some 20-sided dice. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you can roll that dice on any game board. Yeah. Um, so they, um, they, uh, the, the good thing was is that that was what I had to look forward to on Sunday, is seeing these folks come back in 
many of them wearing the same thing that they had worn the day before. Um, and not just the same type of thing, yeah. but literally the same clothes they've worn the same the day before, just going home and not sleeping, just developing their strategy for the next day. And, um, and, and I got a phone call for somebody in the conference room. So I actually, I actually went back there and um, knocked on the door and I had to, you know, somebody came to the door and I was like, I got a call for Richardson or whatever. And, and they all turn around and look at me with, you know, the, the board on the table it's like it's like a boardroom you know there's one long table and there's these oversized chairs around it and they all just turn and look at me and i felt like i was being possessed by you know the fire of a thousand suns or something like that and so um the uh the lady you dare to interrupt our campaign <laughs> yeah i felt like i was gonna get zapped with something <laughs> They, uh, the lady called whose son it is that was having the meeting at the, the hotel and said, uh, turns out my house isn't going to be ready by Monday. So they're going to need to have their meeting in the hotel on Monday as well. And I'm thinking, how long does it take? I've never played Dungeons and Dragons, but I have played my fair share of board games, just none of them <clears throat> as ridiculous as that. And so I'm thinking, wow, they're going to be back for a third day in a row. Do these people work? You know, like, what do they do that they're going to be coming in on a Monday morning as well to play D&D in the back room of a hotel? You know, so at least the guy got, you know, didn't have to play at his mom's house. Um, so anyways, that was my that was my experience this weekend of having rushed lunches um, with people in between going from one hotel to another to help open it up and and getting text messages during the during the lunches and, and getting to watch these D and D folks come in and out and uh, buy soft drinks from me. And, and with, you know, with the knowing look of you're right, you know, now that I'm playing Dungeons and Dragons in your hotel. Right. And yes, I'm buying this orange Powerade from you for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we've got a, um, let's move on to this next section. We, we're, we're starting to listen to, Lose listeners, I'm sure, by now, um, to the what's the hype section. As a lot of, uh, if you listened to the last episode, you know that what's the hype is is a straight rip from out of the game podcasts. What are you consuming right now? And um, I'll go ahead and start out this this week with um, my uh, what what am I hype on at the moment? And and it's kind of embarrassing. Um, and I'm just gonna go ahead and throw it out there. What I've been what I've been hype on lately is listening to music by myself that I would prefer other people not know that I'm listening to it. Guilty um, pleasures. Guilty pleasures, right. right. Musical guilty pleasures. And um, there's really two different um, – one is a band. The other one is a, is, is a guy who's got a solo CD. Um, the first one is, is – oh, God – is it, once again, it's music I'd rather other people not know. So I'm opening, I'm opening myself up for criticism and judgment, and and obviously a lot of people to make fun of me about. Um, but they know secretly that they love it too. And the first one is uh, is Dave Matthews Band. And I what I went over to my sister's house uh, a couple weeks ago, and I was helping I was helping her get some stuff together for the yard sale that I was having. And, and I'm going through her CDs because she, um, you know. Even though she's young and hip and cool and, and I love her very much, she still has a hard time sometimes with um, with her iTunes. And so I'm uploading some CDs onto her iTunes. Wait, yeah, so you're helping her with her iTunes? Yeah. <laughs> so she is worse at iTunes than you are. 
Well, she is, maybe let's, she's let's not. Clarify this. You are one of the <laughs> to be someone who uses computers a lot. You're one of the least versed people I know in in how to use a computer. Well, and you're offering assistance to someone else who has a problem with their computer. I come from a family that doesn't use computers that much. You're right, because <laughs> I have to help. I have to help my stepmom with computers as well. And um, yeah, really, all I use my computer for is surfing the internet and and word processing. So when it comes to a complex uh, piece of software like iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> I get really confused, but I'm I'm uploading some CDs. I don't think it's that she's bad at it. It's it's just that she never does it. Right. And um and so whenever I go over there, I give her a lot of my CDs to rip, you know. And that's what it was. I was bringing over some CDs, but I see that um she had the Dave Matthews before these crowded streets album, which I really liked when it came out when you know back in high school or whatever, and um. And so I, I yank it from her house, and uh, and I started listening to it again, and and I've been listening to that a lot, and it caused me to listen to some um, some of the live recordings I had of that band, and and I do it in the shower. Uh, I listen to that stuff in the shower when I know that nobody else is going to be around, and sometimes I sing along. Yeah. And sometimes sometimes I act like I'm playing a guitar. Don't drink the water. <laughs> that's that, that's exactly that's one of the it's songs. Blood and water. Really yeah. <laughs> see, so I've been listening. To, go ahead. Yeah, I, I don't see like I'm you know I'm very much a musical hater in a lot of ways, but I I have a soft spot for Dave Matthews Band. I don't know why. I didn't like them when they were at the height of their popularity when I was like a senior in high school because I was, you know, rebelling against that sort of thing. But I, I don't think it's that shameful to listen to Dave Matthews, man. Well, a buddy of ours, uh, Mikey, had mentioned one time, and this was this was the, the defining moment when I realized I was going to have to go into the closet with my love for Dave Matthews, as he was mentioning amongst a group of friends, hey, did you guys see that latest Onion, you know, the Onion.com article about... Um, Dave Matthews, since he's out of college now, he's not really into his own music anymore. You know, it's a parody of that that Dave Matthews is kind of college rock. Right. And uh, once you once you mature and get a full time job and a career, you're supposed to stop listening to him. And um, you know, and 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 even my closeted love for Dave Matthews has caused me to be turn my nose up into some other people who don't uh, hide their love for Dave Matthews. People like um, you know, my buddies that that choose to buy tickets to go to his concerts and it, where probably that'd be the best way to go listen to Dave Matthews is in a live venue, you know, where there's uh, the opportunity for improvisation. And, um, <clears throat> and I, oh, I scorn them for paying money to go see Dave Matthews. And then I go and take a shower and listen to it myself. So I was really a hypocrite when it comes to that. And then the second album that I've been listening to a lot, and this is one that I listen to, I have it ripped to my Xbox, and when I'm sitting by myself or in a party with people, and I play the I play the album, and I can't help but hum along to it, and I hated it. I really didn't like it when it came out. It's one that, that Jigga recommended to me to get, and I bought it um, without even listening to it. When I first bought it, I put it in the CD player, and I was like, uh-uh. I don't think this is going to fly. This is not going to fly. What did he get me into? And I forced myself to listen to it probably like 10 times before I began to really like it and start to nod my head to it. You know, once yeah. I once I can really nod my head to an album, 
then then it, that's it for good. You know, I'm going to listen to it, and I'm going to like it when I'm in the mood. And this is Chris Cornell, who, um, you know, used to sing for Soundgarden and Audio Slave and has done some some music. And, uh, and he's got this solo album produced by Timbaland. And if yes, you think about Tim- the other- yes, Timbaland. Timbaland. You know, Justin Timberlake, you- Timbaland. And uh, well, who else is that's the thing. That's the thing. Timbaland's produced a lot of people. He's produced a lot of rap. Okay, and he and he, and he has some rap, R and B, soul stuff. Just like right. When it comes to R and B, like he's pretty well respected. The you know the Future Sex Love Sounds uh, album that he produced for Justin Timberlake sold millions. You know, and and he's produced uh, some songs for MIA and 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 well respected recording artists, but. What Chris Cornell has done is that he's not – it's not really R&B in the sense that it's like Robin Thicke or Justin Timberlake, and, and a lot of people are scoffing at me for calling them R&B right now. You know, but I'm talking about like white boys trying to do soulful music. Right. You know, he isn't really in there, and he's talking about stuff on the album that is just absurd. You know, the lyrics right. are really pretty absurd. And I don't, I, you know, I don't really listen to it in front of anybody else. But when I listen to it by myself, I sing every fucking word. And there's a couple of refrains where I know that the lyrics are different than the lyrics that I sing, <laughs> yeah. but I still, the lyrics, I still sing the lyrics that I yeah. will sing to it. Which you might as well, because the lyrics, the real lyrics are just as ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, to clarify, like it's Chris Cornell uh, singing in like an R&B style, which his voice pulls it off, I think. Like he has a really good voice. Are you there? Uh, <laughs> I was uh, I was hesitating before I agreed whether or not his voice pulls it off. I think he does. I mean, he's got pipes, man. He does. He can wail. He can wail. Yeah. But I think that. It's just there are moments in it. We've discussed this. There are moments in it where like the song can be really good, but then all of a sudden, in the middle of the song, producer Timbaland, yeah, he just talks. He just can't help himself. He's got to get on there, he and that's where he it. put. That's where it really goes. Like it teeters the, the the it rides the line of like ridiculous and actually like legitimate. And it, it 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 starts to fall over into the ridiculous even more when Timberland gets on there and starts. He doesn't. Timberland thinks that just talking is rapping. I think it's like that he's trying to rap in a sing-song baritone or bass voice. Yeah, but he doesn't. He, it's not like he's talking. It's not like he's rapping, and it's not like he's singing. It's some. Um, it's something in the middle of that Bermuda Triangle, yeah. and it's never going to leave. <laughs> it does not get escape. Timberland singing now. <laughs> Broken wings. Broken wings. Yes. Learn to fly. Something else that Timberland sings. Yeah. So that's that's what I've been hype on lately. I just can't get away from. Um, I'm sure there's some other music that I've been listening to that I'd rather other people not, but those are the well, two most blatant. I think people um, should check out the Chris Cornell album because, I mean, as ridiculous as it is, dude's trying something different. The beats are good, and uh, I don't know. It is ridiculous. Don't listen to it around other people, perhaps, is a good recommendation. But uh, yeah. I've enjoyed it. I think that if – I mean, if, if I've gotten this much enjoyment out of the album, it can't be that bad, I don't think, so – well, if, and if you're looking for it, I'm sure if you just Google search 
um, Scream, that is the, the first single off the album. There is a, a song on the album titled Scream, uh, even though the album itself is titled Scream. And that's, that's actually got everything that you need from it. It's got a good beat. It's got kind of, kind of ridiculous lyrics. And in the middle of it, Timberland speaks. Timberland speaks. So <laughs> listen to that. If you like what you hear there, go out and get the rest of the album. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like, why why you keep screaming, I'm in front of your face? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's like the refrain. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, he's, he's speaking truth there. Why you, why you always screaming? Yeah. So what are you hype on, Jacob? All right, so my thing, and I, we're gonna keep this one quick. Uh, I'm, I just started. Uh, I, I've been a, a Law and Order SVU fan for years, which I think uh-huh. most people are, you know, because it's on TV all the time. But I've always seen Law and Order Criminal Intent, which is the show that Vincent D'Onofrio is on, as like sort of the, uh, the cheaper version of Law and Order uh-huh. SVU. And I just started watching, which is the cheaper version of Law and Order. Right. Right. Um, I just started watching Criminal Intent um, on the Netflix, and uh, I'm really enjoying it because mostly because of Vincent D'Onofrio's strange uh, detective Bobby Gorin, which every episode involves at some point in time him turning his head to the side and scrutinizing a uh, like a uh, a criminal, Uh and suddenly figuring out what you know what they ate for breakfast or whatever by looking at them sideways. <laughs> right. He does do that a lot. See, I, I, I've watched a couple episodes on the, on the boob tube itself. And then last night I, I got criminal in there on the instant, on the instant queue. And I was watching it over the Xbox and the, I was, I figured I'll start in season one. I'll start the first episode. And it's really where he <laughs> decides to develop this character. In one scene, he's watching, a surveillance tape of a woman that committed a crime or whatever, whatever, and trying to figure stuff out. And he just sits there and he's watching it. And one of the lines of the character says, you know, this woman's like, what are you doing? He's like, I like to watch. Yeah. And he starts to turn his head to the side, but ever so slightly he turns his head to the side. And then it comes full manifest at the end of the episode when he's watching this girl and she's got like a, you know, he calls it her blink, you know, and in poker it's your tell. You yeah. know, it's when you know you're, you're, you're busted, you know, if somebody figures out your tell. And he walks in there and he totally turns his body to the yeah. side. And this is a large man. Yeah. That's still his body is at like a right angle. Like his torso is at a right angle to his legs. That's how, that's how sideways <laughs> he gets. And his head turns even more. Yeah. So it's almost like he's looking at somebody upside yeah. down. Some of the more ridiculous episodes have him turning all the way over. Yeah, right. You know? But it works somehow. Like the, it's, his character is like an idiot savant. He's like this kind of like something's off about him. He's weird. Um, he's very good at what he does, but he doesn't really have social skills. And the other detectives right. kind of like, you know, there's times where you see them backing away from him. <laughs> Which the question is, are they are they in character backing away from this character, or are they really just wigged out by the fact that Vincent D'Onofrio is so weird, really yeah. wants to do this? Yeah, because yeah. I can't imagine that it's that much of a separation from his real life. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's got to be sort of a reflection of how he is because of seeing him in other things. Um, but it's really good, and I mean, it's, it all hinges on him. There's also the really soft-spoken uh, assistant DA. Carver, mm-hmm. who has like the best enunciation of any human being on the planet, yeah. and he's like, uh, "Yes, 
uh, <laughs> the criminal has seems to have uh, violated his parole. And you're like, what? Wait, what is he? What is this guy doing with his character? Like, it's just a, kind of a bizarre mix of 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 people in the show, and it, I think it's worth seeing. I, I've watched most of season one, and I really like it. So, well, if you got Netflix and you can watch stuff instantly, you may as well put it on the. Throw it on there. I think all the Law and Orders, all the seasons of every Law and Order is on there, as if you didn't have enough chances to see it on every TV station. Right. It's like it is the one show that seems to be on every major network. And there's a marathon of it every other day. Yeah, you can always turn on the TV and see some Law and Order. <laughs> it's there. You can count on People that. People loving it. People you loving it. And what you mentioned that. is that those of you that have seen The Wire, apparently in season one, there's a lot of char- a lot of people that play characters on The Wire from from season one of Law and Order. Yeah, a lot from of the, the main characters from from The Wire are play these little bit characters or criminals or whatever. Which I think there's got to be some kind of connection between the casting directors or something. But yeah, but yeah, we'll check it out. Well, so last week, uh, as uh, anybody that made it to the end. Last week, <laughs> uh, got to us bringing up the idea of grab bag, and uh, we've come up with some ideas of what we're going to use grab bag for. Um, and it, last week we didn't have anything. We said let's do grab bag, and then we didn't. Um, <clears throat> this week, what we've decided to do is watch a couple of movie trailers before. Uh, we recorded the podcast and actually not discuss the movie trailers between the two of us. Um, and so that we can have real spontaneity reactions um, recorded on the podcast. And the first, um, the first trailer on the list was Dragon Ball Evolution. <laughs> and, and Joe, Jiga, Jiga suggested that movie trailers, so there's a list of... I picked these out kind of randomly, but I just thought that some of these would have some things we could talk about for sure, so... Yeah, so as much as I hate to say it, in order to watch these trailers, you can go to apple.com backslash trailers, oh, and I'll go ahead and give you a list of trailers. The first one is Dragon Ball Evolution, the second one is 500 Days of Summer, the third one is Tyson, the fourth one is Management... And the fifth one is The Hurt Locker. And we may not get to all five of these. I don't know how we're running on time. Actually, it doesn't matter. The first one is Dragon Ball Evolution. And this trailer, a lot of people, you know, if if you know anybody, you may know uh, about Dragon Ball Z, which is uh, an anime cartoon. Uh, It's like a Saturday morning cartoon about, I don't really know exactly. It's just, you know, it's got the uh, fighting, and you've got a young kid um who you know is like saving the world it's, right? it is like the right? anime really it's just the okay. anime you know you turn it on you it's it's what comes on adult swim sometimes i think when you want to be seeing squid bellies or something there's dragon balls yep. on there i don't know i don't know enough about there's a degree well, the first, ridiculousness about it so my first impression about watching this trailer <laughs> was that even though i'm Okay, I had this problem with the with one of these movies is another movie about I'll just get right down to it. This is an anime. And the characters in the anime, Dragon Ball Z, the television show, are all of 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 Asian descent. Right. And yet the protagonist in this Hollywood movie is a white kid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I noticed <laughs> that too, yeah. I thought just right off the top of my head, I said, well, there you go. 
<laughs> that that speaks for itself. There it right is. There. Yeah. There. Like there was a, I think there was a Street Fighter movie recently that they released uh, called The Legend of Chun Li, and Chun Li was not played by someone who looked Asian. I don't know which Chun Li is a uh, Chinese. You can go character. back to all the way back to uh, Kung Fu, the television show. It was originally supposed <laughs> to be Carradine. Bruce Lee was supposed to be cast in it, and it wound up being David Carradine. You can talk about what was that movie about the MIT kids that. Develop the uh, the way to count cards in in, in blackjack. Yeah. You know, I think the movie is called Twenty One, and and everybody in the movie was white. You know, but even though everybody from MIT that actually did it was you know was was Asian American, and um and so it's just it's it's a funny whitewashing of Hollywood moment where I, I see this The Last Samurai thing. starring uh, Tom Cruise. <laughs> Tom Cruise, yeah. The, the, <laughs> there has to be. Last... It doesn't. It could be a movie filled with Asian characters, but there has to be at least that one white character so that people can actually relate to it. And that one white character has to be the protagonist. Right, has to be the one the that takes everything and and figures everything out. And yeah, yeah. So that was my impression. <laughs> uh, aside, you know, ridiculous pre, uh, you know, movie aside, you know, yeah. the movie is, is absolutely. Uh, I hope that the fanboys like it because it seems like it might be true to the story. It might be true. To I the, think it's out the, now. I've heard that the fans have raised an eyebrow about it, which I, I don't know. I could see that. It, it looks absolutely like shit. And the only thing that I really paid attention to was the protagonist, the the Zac Efron lookalike. It's like some broke ass B level Zac Efron. They've got. The- yeah, I can't remember. He was in another movie. He was in that movie where um, he was the lead character. He had died, but he was like a ghost. And he had to. He wasn't actually dead. He was trying to get in contact with living people to show where he his body was hidden because his body wasn't dead yet. You know, it was like uh, it was another shitty movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he, he's like this on the verge of being washed up. Zac Efron wannabe kind of dude, but he's got this hair. They've tried to make his hair look like the spiky hair, and the which if you know anything about the anime, you know that the main character has like this ridiculous spiky haircut, and uh, yeah. which is just uh, it's the anime haircut that's like all spiky, and and they've tried to just gel this guy's hair up in this movie, <laughs> and it looks absolutely ridiculous. It looks terrible. like if his hair had not been gelled up, it would have come down to his ears. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They should have just put a big wig on him, you know, like a big foam wig, like people wear at football games, you know, with the spikes. Yeah. Um, Yeah, totally ridiculous. Look like shit. So this next movie, 500 Days of Summer, you can go ahead and lead off. Okay, 500 Days of Summer. It stars some dude and uh, Zoe Deschanel, Deschanel, um, which is Zoe Deschanel. I kind of, kind of like her. Uh, Some, some dude. Yeah. And so he does. Shows you what I paid attention to. It's, it's Joseph Gordon Levitt from Third Oh, Rock. that's right. And I actually do like him, too. And he's actually been in some pretty good stuff lately. Um, mm-hmm. He's gotten some acclaim, I think, for what was that movie where he was like The Lookout, I think it was called, or something? Yeah, yeah. Something like I heard that. it was good. I don't know. I didn't see it. I don't watch movies. No. Like that. It wasn't good. Okay. Well, anyways. The, well, I didn't watch it, but all I had to do was watch the trailer to know it wasn't going to be good. Right. Basically, 500 Days of Summer looks to me like uh, like the poor man's uh, – what was that movie with Jim Carrey and uh, Kate Winslet? Eternal Sunshine. Eternal Sunshine yeah. of the Spotless Mind. It kind of looks like the poor man's version of that. But it's got Zoe Deschanel in it, and I don't know. She's intriguing to me, so we'll see. I'll just read the first couple sentences of the synopsis. Boy meets girl, boy falls in love, girl doesn't. 
this postmodern love story is never what we expect it to be. As if the movie is more than one time. is never what we expect it to be. It's thorny, yet exhilarating. Funny and sad. A twisted journey of highs and lows that doesn't quite go where we think it will. Right. <clears throat> it's not going to get where I think it is, which is into the good movie category. <laughs> Uh, yeah, if you're if you're not like if it's not someone externally reviewing your movie and calling if you're calling your movie postmodern yourself, then you're kind of a douche. Yeah. So, like, and the the one cool thing um, that is in the trailer, it looks like there's some animation in it and some dream sequence kind of stuff, which I guess is what you're you know I mean it's a it's a against the grain love story that has some sort of Well, I um, think there's some aspect of it being out of order or something, you know, which yeah. not, like not chronologically in order. So. Let's let's move right yeah. along to Tyson. Tyson, go for it. Tyson is acclaimed indie director James Toback's stylistically inventive portrait of a mesmerizing Mike Tyson, as if there was a different Mike Tyson. Toback allows Tyson to reveal himself without inhibition and with eloquence and a pervasive vulnerability. Um, an eloquent Mike Tyson, a mesmerizing Mike Tyson. Dude can fight, and and it's you know it's very clear that he's one of the greatest boxers of all time. But he's not going to wind up being one of the greatest documentary subjects of all time. So you don't think this is going to be an interesting documentary? I think it'll be fun to watch. Yeah. Well, Mike Tyson is one of these guys that's like a character of himself, which I use that term a lot. But uh-huh. he he really is, you know. He is he is more ridiculous than the people that make fun of him. You know, <laughs> that, that do impressions of him. The real uh-huh. Mike Tyson is way more ridiculous than anyone could imagine. Um, and you should watch the trailer because the little quotes they've got of him are just some of the, the the classic quotes from Mike Tyson. I can't remember all of them right now, but there's some pretty good stuff in there. But yeah, he was a an icon of my youth because playing Mike Tyson's Punch Out on the Nintendo Iron Mike. You also get to hear his uh, parent rap song that he recorded called Iron Mike, which plays in the trailer. The first quote in the trailer is. Mike Tyson saying, the first question you ask is, who am I? So that's him being deep. The first you question know. you ask is, who am I? <laughs> the next movie is Management. And um, this is um, starring Jennifer Aniston and um, Steve Zahn, who is from lame movies. He's a bit character, a character actor in, in a bunch of movies like like Saving Silverman and stuff like that. And also, uh, we've got starring in it a bald, goateed Woody Harrelson. <laughs> yeah. I think Woody Harrelson's be- bald in most things he does these days, isn't he? I guess he wasn't know. in No Country for Old Men. I'm gonna... Yeah. I, I actually like Steve Zahn, alright. Okay. He plays He plays the complete idiot character, which again, I think it sort of a representation of who he really is it has to be in some way because he plays the same character in every movie wouldn't you agree he plays the same character in every single movie he's in mm-hmm. he plays the, mm-hmm. the idiot but I don't know I kind of have a soft spot for him for some reason well in my opinion after watching this trailer I don't think we even need to discuss it because it's going to come and go without a blip on the radar Jennifer Aniston movie oh. which is a shame because I do like Jennifer Aniston oh. I do think she has pretty good uh, comedic timing, and um, the the recurring joke in the trailer itself. This joke was used more than once. 
was the Steve Zahn character asking the Jennifer Aniston character, can I touch your butt? Which, if I had a chance to talk to Jennifer Aniston, I might ask her that. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, be my yeah, only chance. Well, yeah. Yeah, if you're going to ask... If you have ten questions to ask, I guess one of those would be <laughs> Can I touch your butt? What is your what is your process for preparing for a movie? Um and can I touch your butt? <laughs> how do you how do you come to terms with developing a character? What's the backstory you write about the character? Yeah. Can I touch your butt? <laughs> Alright, and our last um our last trailer, the Hurt Locker, L O C K E R. You can lead off with this, Jeff. Well this this movie is another Iraq war movie, which haven't tended to do very well it doesn't seem like most of the iraq war movies uh bomb at the box office but um this one is about it seems to be about a guy who disarms bombs uh mm-hmm. the ieds or whatever um in iraq mm-hmm. which is like a pretty stressful job you can imagine um uh, mm-hmm. because he's like always faced with blowing himself up um I don't know much about it. I saw the trailer. It seems that the the quote the quotes they have taken from uh newspapers and from the uh film festivals and things say it's the greatest movie of all time. So uh Yeah, it did win the grand prize at the Venice Film Festival. It is coming to the theaters with a lot of momentum behind it, but once again it is a movie about the Iraq war. And it is uh you know, um but it's got a different take on it. You've got a guy that disarms bombs rather than a guy that's trying to lead men in battle and suffering you right. know, questions. And obviously, if, if it's getting this kind of hype, I mean, it says that, that one of the quotes say, this is as close to a perfect movie as you'll ever see. So there's got yeah. to be more to it than just what they're showing in the trailer. Um, yeah. It's got to be kind of a complex thing. There were some other people that were – I don't know who the main character is. I don't know what his what, – what his... uh, Jeremy Renner. He's been in. Some, he's he's been, one of those those guys. That guys. Yeah. Uh, he's yeah. I think he's been in a lot of television. I think he had a television series. He's in. I think um, that new bullshit television show. Oh, the, the unusuals. That's where yeah, he's the from. Unusual. Yeah. I think. I think he's the serious detective in the unusual. Yeah. I could be wrong. I'm. And obviously, we're gonna have somebody call us out about that, like on Facebook or something. Yeah, there's some other people, other character, other uh, actors that are in that movie that I uh, like. I can't remember right now. I'm horribly ill-prepared for this, but... Yeah. <laughs> well, that's Grab Bag. There you go. Grab Bag. Boo! Boo! So, we're, oh, so all of the movies that we just reviewed, don't see any of them. They're awful. <laughs> Based on Hurt, our... Locker. Hurt Locker is the greatest movie of all time. The rest of them don't see them. There you go. There's Go, but I'll watch Tyson. Right. I'll watch it and let you know. Watch it on the Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Well, a couple of informa- a couple of bits of information. We do now have everything up and running. We have a Twitter um, account for this podcast. Uh, it's the acronym for I only like their old stuff. It's I O L O T S. <laughs> Twitter backslash yeah. yeah, real easy to remember. So twitter.com backslash I O L O T S or something like that. And um well, our website now is I only like their old stuff dot com. That's where our podcast is gonna be hosted. Um it will be on iTunes as soon as we get the verification, but if you want, you can just go to the website and hit play right there. Um our guy Kevin DeLeon, you want to talk about him for a minute? Yeah, Kevin DeLeon is really helping us out a lot with this. Uh, check out his site, kevindeleonphotography.com. 
Um, Kevin is a multifaceted uh, photographer and web designer, and um, he's going to a lot of uh, effort to help us get this thing put together and get it on iTunes and everything. So, And he already did the background for our Twitter page. Um, so if you like that, that, that's his work there as well. Well, they're uh, my drawings. Joke. Well, Don't give him too much I credit. I wouldn't take credit for those drawings if I had done them. Oh. Uh, and then also, our, we did get the Gmail account. I only like their old stuff at gmail.com. Um, appreciate the emails that we did get. Um, we didn't get any emails. We got we got emails from Twitter. <laughs> that doesn't count. <laughs> Does that automatically? Oh God. Yeah, call me out like that. <laughs> we didn't get. We got no emails. So email us. <laughs> Just some emails. Unless you're Josh Gray and you can send your emails to uh, hater at gmail.com. Yeah, we're not, we're, sorry we didn't talk about Ty Lawson. Yeah, or, we promised you know, Josh we'd talk more about Ty Lawson and less about video games. And I don't think we did that. So, well, we didn't talk about video games, so we kept up with half of that. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, this is another installment, episode two of I Only Like Their Old Stuff, uh, prom boots and photo shoots. For sure. For sure. Thanks for listening. Thanks. Thanks.